0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle brought to you by fullscale.io.
1: And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Start a Hustle podcast. I'm your host Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC, and I got to tell you about today's episode sponsors. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by FullScale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, we all know that, but FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. Now, I am thrilled to have, I always love seeing women get involved in venture capital and, and asset management and, and all of these really, really beautiful things, because the fact of the matter is, as entrepreneurs, access to capital is one of the most difficult challenges and barriers that we deal with. And so having these conversations with incredible leaders in the space is one of my favorite, favorite things to do. So we have with us today, Susan Mooring, and Susan is principal at Cortado Ventures. We're gonna have a really fantastic conversation here, but first things first, Susan, thank you so much for joining us today on Startup Hustle.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. All right, well, well, let's
1: hop right into it because we, we've got a lot of ground to cover, I can tell already. Uh, yes. Tell us, I, I'm gonna ask the perennial question, tell us about your journey. <laughs> here it comes, I told yes. you it was coming.
0: I know such an such an open-ended question. Okay, um, okay yeah. So, uh, like you said, I'm principal investor at Cortado Ventures. We're a, a venture firm in, in Oklahoma City, so uh, very fitting for our topic today, talking about the startup ecosystem in Oklahoma. Um, some of your listeners are probably like, "Where is Oklahoma? What is it in <laughs> Oklahoma City?" So we'll we'll talk about all of that. You know, I think in terms of my journey. Uh, I am a lifelong Oklahoman, so I was born and raised here. I went to school at the University of Oklahoma and have been in the startup ecosystem in and around Oklahoma for really the whole decade since I, I graduated. Um, so I have, I just love working with startups. That's just been part of, part of you know, everything I, I love about my job and, and my career so far. Um, I think, you know, when I was in college, Um, I studied both engineering and then entrepreneurship, and it was just this, like, recognition for me that I loved um, super analytical things, but I also loved really creative things, and so startups was this sort of hybrid where you could do some of both, right? You could be, like, the crazy idea person, and and you could, uh, you know, be around people with big visions, but you could also, uh, you know, there's this level of, like, you have to be detail-oriented, and you have to be able to execute, and, um, you know, this very analytical side of it as well, so... Uh, That kind of drew me personality-wise into the world of entrepreneurship and startups. Um, And then before I jumped into venture, I worked in an entrepreneurial consulting group where we did um, anywhere from three to six month engagements with startups at the very earliest stages, maybe still a piece of technology at a university, um, or it could be even an existing company that's trying to launch a new product, but really kind of helping people think through the, the very earliest stages of entrepreneurship, so doing customer discovery, trying to understand your value proposition, um, understanding what potential pathways are there for you, and, and kind of all that good stuff, so um, yeah. I love working with startups, I loved being exposed to, you know, a different company all the time, like sort of uh, cross industries, knowing what's going on in terms of innovation and new technologies, and um yeah, got got really involved in the broader ecosystem as well. So um,
1: Yeah, well we have a lot of yeah. we have a lot to talk about there. So, yeah, so okay, really, cool, cool. I wanna kinda take us back a little bit. Cause I, I definitely wanna talk about Cortado Ventures and I wanna talk about okay. the investment landscape. But first things first, I kinda wanna take the ten thousand foot view. And in prep, yeah. you know, we we were chatting and and I shared with you. I think I think this is so cool, but I'd really like to understand it better. So here in Kansas City, we have a pretty strong entrepreneurial ecosystem. And incidentally, we also get that thing where people have no idea where we are. And I'm just like, we're right in the middle. Like, that's always my answer. <laughs> <laughs> we're just exactly in the middle. Uh, and so so yeah. we're going to have to figure out how to do that for Oklahoma, because you're just just west of middle, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But so above so, Texas. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: Well, so yeah, that's a good one. All right, Oklahoma's above Texas. But something really interesting has happened over the course of the, the past few years within Kansas City's ecosystem where we have actually started to see folks from our area, from Kansas City, migrating to Oklahoma to avail themselves of resources that are being offered with this, this entrepreneurial ecosystem that you're building. You know, we, we were talking about... Carlanda McKinney, uh, we were talking, who who's the founder of Botify mm-hmm. here in KC, you know, she actually took part in an accelerator program out there. And I think she's applied to a few more. You know, we had Edna Martinson on Bottle. We've got an upcoming Startup Hustle episode with her. But Bottle Learning, um, they got a really interesting opportunity with some investment and some, some mentorship. And so they actually ended up relocating and so I'm really, really curious as the person in Kansas City who keeps seeing this happening, talk to us about the ecosystem. Why do you think people are entrepreneurs are so attracted to the ecosystem space?
0: Yeah, great question. Well, first of all, I would say everyone tune in for the episode with Edna from Bottle because she's just amazing. She's one of my favorite founders. I love her so, so much. So every, everyone, everyone, uh, check out her episode. Uh, and she's way more interesting than I am, so uh, well, I don't believe you know, that my, my plug for her. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a good question. I mean, you know, I think there's been, so I, I guess at the, at the 10,000 foot level, you know, having been in the ecosystem in Oklahoma for a while, I think there has been so many people sort of laying the groundwork for the past decade. Um, so people trying to build spaces to support entrepreneurs. We've had a number of incubators and accelerators. We had um, I was part of uh, launching and running the state's first coding boot camp to like try to start spurring some more tech activity um, about 10 years ago. We had uh, some efforts at social impact accelerators, and and so there was all of this sort of programming that was really trying to lay the groundwork for. Creating a more robust startup hub, and then you know, three to four years ago, all of a sudden you start to see that work pay off with the launch of several new funds in the state. So Cortado, we're, we're only we're only three years old. Um, Atinto Capital up in Tulsa started around the same time that we did, and and so now you have a considerable uh, increase in the amount of funding available for companies. And yeah. that really was, was kind of sort of the start of the J curve, I think. So all that work we've been doing, you know, for the past 10 years to, to lay the groundwork and to create spaces that were meaningful for entrepreneurs and expertise, you know, once we had that addition of capital into the equation, I think that really caused us to take to off. And so now you're seeing like really amazing communities like um, 36 degrees north in Tulsa where they've created um, an incubator that has access to multiple funds, uh, and a number of other resources. And so that's really attracting entrepreneurs to Tulsa, in addition to programs like Tulsa Remote and, and the, the recruiting efforts that they can provide to entrepreneurs. And then, um, you know, sort of the equivalent equivalent here in Oklahoma City, we've got a new space called The Verge. Um, we just actually Oklahoma City just got a generator accelerator. So uh our, yeah, the first generator location in Oklahoma City is going to be right here in our building, um, in the Verge. Wow. component is also located. So there's just a lot, a lot happening, and it's, uh, we've, we've got sort of these very you know, centralized hubs in both Oklahoma City and Tulsa, and then a lot of connections between the two cities as well. Um, and so a lot of collaboration across the state to sort of continue supporting entrepreneurs and give them the spaces and resources they need to thrive. Right.
1: Well, and it's it's really interesting. Tell me what you think of this. So so in ecosystem development, entrepreneurial ecosystem development, uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that impact begets impact. It's like you have to almost exponentially grow your, your potential. Like when you're talking about things like funding, when you're talking about the events and programming and support, often... Once you get like a little foot in the door, just a, just a little bit, you see more people start to take notice and feel more confident about investing in the in the area and within the community. Have you found that?
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's really evident in, you know, even since Cortado launched, we've seen maybe you know three to five other people start to launch and raise venture funds. And so there definitely is this element of, uh, okay, this can be done here. And so I'm going to go try as well. And, you know, like we, we consider all of that to be great. It's not competitive. We, you know, in terms of investment dollars per capita for tech, you know, here in Oklahoma, compared to on the coast, we're still way under in terms of what, you know, in, in terms of, Capital That you would actually need to support an ecosystem like that. And so, uh, you know, we love seeing other funds pop up. We love seeing more people investing in tech. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was, you know, for a long time, most of the people that created wealth in Oklahoma, a lot of them came from oil and gas industry, um, from things like banking. And so for a long time, there was this um, I don't know, I think kind of aversion to tech investing, or maybe just people didn't understand it enough to really get engaged in in venture funds or angel investing. And we're starting to to definitely see that shift and you definitely get some of like, okay, so this, this firm is making it work and and this startup was successful. So why can't mine be, you know, and and more people popping up and trying that. So um, yeah, love that and definitely think it's, uh, a crucial factor of, again, hitting sort of that J curve where we can grow exponentially as an ecosystem.
1: Yeah. Well, and I definitely, I, you've mentioned, I mean, of course, we've mentioned capital in this conversation a couple of times, but one of the things that we talk about around Startup Hustle is that deal flow. Um, you know, there are things that entre- to entrepreneurs, and in particular, tech entrepreneurs, startup founders, they have to have in order to succeed. They have to have access to money, they have to have access to uh, talent they have to have access to resources and support clients and customers. Like the list is pretty long, but capital is always kind of number one with a bullet for me. And so, you know, you have these accelerator programs, you have these investment funds coming into the area. And, and I'm hoping that you're see, as you're seeing more deal flow, you're also seeing more entrepreneurs congregate in the area. What has changed or how does the ecosystem look different from say a few years ago before you started seeing those outside firms and those those investment opportunities arise
0: Yeah so from a deal flow perspective one thing that's been really interesting is in the last 2 years really we've had a number of new accelerators that are actually attracting startups into Oklahoma from out of state um, so we have a, a Techstars location in Tulsa now. We have a generator location here in Oklahoma City. Um, we have a, an accelerator in Tulsa uh, called Act House that's specifically focused on minority founders and is attracting founders from all over the country to come to Tulsa for that. So that's been really interesting from a deal flow perspective to say, hey, come here from our programming but oftentimes, people, once they get here, fall in love with the ecosystem and, and will stay and decide to run their business here even after the accelerator is is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really exciting to watch, especially companies that have anything to do with manufacturing. Um, you know, This is a great place to stand up a manufacturing operation if you need to. Um, and so we're really kind of able to, if we can get them here for the accelerators, we can showcase everything that Oklahoma has to offer. And, and then a lot of times, people will stay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, again, as someone on the outside looking in, that's not my favorite because I've definitely <laughs> seen it happen. And I'm just like, wait, no, come back. We miss you. We love you. But entrepreneur, startup founders have to go where they're going to find the opportunity and where they're going to find the tools, the resources, the ch- the championship, the support that they need in order to thrive. And so so I have to tell you, my my hat is off. To Oklahoma, whatever you're doing over there, and you you've got some really good ideas and really good perspective about what's happened in Oklahoma. But whatever's going on over there, I uh, I, I admire it so much. Thank you for for doing the work that you do to create that strong ecosystem of support for founders. Um, now now talk to us about how Cortado Ventures fits into that landscape. So you've talked a little bit about what you do, but I, I'd like to do a little bit more of a deep dive with you. What what is the most important thing that Cortado Ventures
0: does? Yeah. So, you can totally say give,
1: yeah. give people money. <laughs> 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 it's exactly. No, it, that,
0: that's for sure. Like, generate generate excellent returns for our investors
1: there Um, you go. see now that's the diplomatic answer right there
0: there you go uh no i mean i think you're spot on it's uh you know with cortado we're investing in very early stage companies pre-seed seed stage you know some series a and i think you know for us that's the opportunity to deploy capital to entrepreneurs that may not otherwise have the opportunity to launch a business or um create wealth for their families. So I think, you know, there's something really important about deploying capital in, you know, historically underserved regions and to entrepreneurs that may not have otherwise you know, had the chance to build their dream. Um so yeah, I mean I think that that's super important. And hopefully we're, you know, making a small dent in the number of entrepreneurs that deserve that chance. So
1: well, and you mentioned, like you had mentioned in pre-show prep, I'm curious, what is Cortado Ventures doing to support underestimated, historically excluded, marginalized, whatever term you like to use, uh, sure. but but entrepreneurs who have been historically excluded from the the entrepreneurial process? What are what are you doing in that space?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think to some extent you could really say. The entire like any entrepreneur in the state of Oklahoma has historically been underserved um, just because sure. there has been such a lack of capital here for a long time. And so I think, you know, that's part of it. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, we also love investing in diverse founders and diverse management teams. Um, I actually just ran these numbers for another project, but um, I think like 77% of our, so almost like or over over three fourths of our portfolio companies have a um woman or ethnic minority as part of their like C suite management team, um, yeah. which is just truly incredible. And uh so that's you know, I, I wouldn't say that like we're not a social impact fund, right? Like if we wanna do good business and, and like sure. I said, generate great returns for our investors, but um that's been a really exciting part of some of the, you know, what we've seen among the really talented entrepreneurs here in Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. Well that that's that's incredible. I just I, I love that and I one of the reasons that I love seeing women operating in the investment space so much is because I know as someone who's you know done the pitch thing sitting in front of a panel of people who don't look think and act like you and might not understand the journey that you've taken to get there like that can be a really disconcerting part of the process. And so being able like I just know that as a female founder being able to look across the table and know that someone is gonna be able to understand implicit parts of our journey and advocate. I I that's really exciting to me. And so again, I just wanna, you know, thank you for for doing what you do. It can't be can't be easy. Uh, you know, anytime I'm I, I've been involved in like investment, I'm always like, I wanna give everybody all the money. And they're like, yeah, you could never be a venture capitalist. But <laughs> just knowing that there are people who are, you know, on the side of right and advocating for these really phenomenal entrepreneurs is super cool now i one of the things that i'm really really interested about um you know i was doing some reading on oklahoma i'm gonna go back to oklahoma now but one of the things that struck me was how supportive oklahoma is as as a state to to business and so i wanted to talk to you a little bit about that you know i, I keep on hearing about the low taxes um that's that's mm-hmm. a big you know they're they have friendly regulatory environments they're they Got some pro business policies. And as you said, and I and this is interesting, historically, Oklahoma has been that gas and that oil. Uh, that's what Oklahoma was known for. Like I literally have a postcard from Oklahoma that shows that man that's shaped, like the oil dike man. Do you know what I'm talking uh, about? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's called, yes. but like I've got that. And like that's kind of what I've always thought of. But I, I'm curious, like, talk a little bit about the the business space. In Oklahoma? Because I, I feel like that has to be yet another draw.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's for the last you know, five or six years, you will regularly see Oklahoma pop up on those national lists of great places to start a business. And I think that mostly does have to do with sort of regulatory environment and um, tax environment. Um and you know, resources available to, to young entrepreneurs. Um, one thing that's really interesting is Oklahoma has great um tax incentives for businesses that start in an incubator. I think it's like you don't know, pay um, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna get this wrong, but great incentives for for companies that launch in an Oklahoma certified business incubator, which is um really exciting and has drawn businesses into the incubators around the state for for many years now so that's really exciting. Um, you know I think on the on the tech side specifically we do have a ways to go in terms of you know one of the things that you really need to start a tech startup in Oklahoma is you know to your point access to talent and we're still at a point where workforce wise you know we are starting new workforce development programs all the time, but our our companies are still having to do a lot of hiring from out of state for that tech talent. So it is kind of been an effort to reduce brain drain. So the college students that graduate computer science degrees for so long, they were immediately going to the coast for jobs at big tech. And so that's an important question for us is how do we get those people to stay and work here for our tech startups?
1: Well, and in, in you know, speaking to that that hiring pipeline, has remote work helped that at all? Like I feel like in the, in particularly in the tech sector, remote work has kind of democratized access to talent. Uh, cause cause we don't have to be quite as concerned about geography. So have you seen any changes taking place in the landscape as a result of, of that?
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. So remote work is definitely causing um sort of the tech workforce to even out. I think that goes both ways a little bit. So Oklahoma companies can hire developers on the West Coast, um, but on the flip side, an Oklahoma developer can also get hired by a company on the West Coast and make a, a San Francisco developer yeah, salary while they're true. living in Oklahoma. Oh, okay, so, All right. you know, It kind of goes both ways, but I think overall it's been, it's been beneficial for our companies that they can just open up the the market in terms of where they're looking for their talent.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, friends, if you're looking for talent, we, we know that it is not the easiest thing to do, but finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the FullScale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io. To learn more, folks, we are with Susan Mooring, principal with Cortado Ventures, and we're we're talking about a lot of different things. Like, there's just so much ground to cover here. Uh, But really, we're we're kind we're talking about Oklahoma. And I feel like we're we're trying to break some some misconceptions that might be out there. At Kansas City, deals with that too. Everybody's like, "Ah, you're a cow town," and I'm like, "We have more than cows." Yeah,
0: we don't drive and carriages to, <laughs> to work. We don't.
1: Yeah. Like, if I never see the word "flyover" co- or the phrase "flyover country"
0: again, I will be <laughs> the happiest person ever. I'm just like, eh. But You, you know, know what I love? I was I was in Kansas City a couple months ago for <laughs> a conference that Flyover Capital hosted and I love that sure, they've sort of I like taken that. that. I, <laughs> I love that they've sort of taken that and like, yes, well, you know, we're, know. we're they're, gonna take they're, that they're
1: term back. This word that yeah, we are well, exactly. gonna continually use it. We're gonna change the meaning. And I, I love that. Exactly. Like, I know it on its head. <laughs> well, yes. and you, you big fans are there. When we were doing prep, you had mentioned that, talking about that MidCon thing. Talk to us about that a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. What's that mean to you? Oh, yeah. So um, at Cortado, we talk a lot about venture and startup ecosystems in the mid-continent or the MidCon. con uh, So that's kind of how we define the region that we invest in and basically is Oklahoma and the surrounding states. But it's uh, a term that, unless you're familiar with the oil and gas industry, you've probably never heard uh, so it's a very common term though, in oil and gas the the okay. midcon sort of that's where most oil and gas operations in the US happen um so that's that's also sort of a term that we're trying to take back yeah. um and and use it now to define sort of our transition into more of a tech ecosystem That is so interesting. You know one of the <laughs> one of the um the, one of the lovely things that Oklahoma City has to offer is an NBA team now. So we got the Thunder several several years ago. Um, but I think it's such a fun metaphor that the Thunder used to play in the Chesapeake Energy Arena, which is one of the big oil and gas companies here in town. And then a few years ago, it got uh, renamed by PACOM, which is like Oklahoma City's biggest tech success so far. Yeah. Um, so they've been uh, on public markets for a long time. So the uh, the changing of their arena from an oil and gas company to a tech company is just sort of a great metaphor I mean, for where yeah. you know, we all think we're going.
1: Yeah, there, there's, there's some deeper meaning from the universe there. They're like, get buckled up. There you up, go, up, yeah. It's a whole new world.
0: Whole new world there right? you go. Exactly.
1: Well, that that's really cool. Well, thank you for, for pointing that out because I, I never would have done that, but, you know, certainly could show a dawning consciousness about what's what's Perhaps. happening. You know, I mean we love entrepreneurship here at Startup Hustle, so love to see it. Um, yeah. but I do want to ask you a little bit more about the the investment space in Oklahoma. And and what I am going to come at it from a slightly different angle than I usually do. Uh so usually when I ask when I ask for advice from interviewees, for guests on the show, I ask for advice that's directed toward the founders who might be listening. And I'm actually not going to do that here. I mean, I think that you probably have a ton of great advice, but I want to, I actually want to talk about cityhood and I want to talk about geography and I want, I want to talk to the mayors out there. I want to talk to the city councils. I want to talk to those leaders who help us in our ecosystem development, who help us create spaces and places that are conducive, supportive, and in championing of entrepreneurship and startups. And so I'm going to ask you, uh, what do you think cities need to do to attract more startup talent and to attract more startups and and to attract that kind of economic driver that, that entrepreneurship is? Uh, I, I'm really curious to hear, and, and I hope you don't think that I put you on the spot, but I, I think no. you got it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked to uh, some about that already from the regulatory side. So, you know, I'll take a different perspective. I think one of the things that we've done really well is in both of our major cities in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, creating—I don't know—creating the 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 no wrong front door for entrepreneurs, right? So, I think it's so important for a city to have a space where Anyone that is interested in tech or entrepreneurship, if they make it through that door, like they're going to get pointed in the right direction, whether that be to a workshop about ideation or a networking event where they might meet a co-founder or if they already have an idea, maybe to a mentor network where they're going to get to support. Uh, where they're going to get support or um, an application to an accelerator program where they can get sort of more robust programming to to get them moving faster. And I think that we've done that really well, both in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. And that has created, I think, a kind of a pull for entrepreneurs because, um, you know, when you have these very sort of centralized efforts, and centralized spaces where people can come and know like they will fit in and there will be a way for them to get involved then maybe it's you know a two to five year pathway before that person actually starts their own company but you really start to see those um impacts paying off uh over time as you create more entrepreneurs so that's that's one thing i think that has been really really huge for us and then you know of course Citywide support has been really, really important, both in Oklahoma City and Tulsa of these efforts. Um, Yeah. Okay. well, no, I mean,
1: those are those are all great answers. And now I'm going to take the traditional tack and I'm going to ask you, talk to us about your best practices and advice for entrepreneurs who want to connect with these really strong ecosystems and, you know, connect with the programs and the people that Oklahoma has to offer
0: yeah absolutely um i mean one i would say come visit us so i think you know like i just said in both in both of our major cities there are physical spaces where if you show up someone will help you get plugged in to the right events or programs or office spaces or or whatever it is um so i think one you know if you're out of state and thinking about it come get to know us the accelerators that i mentioned earlier um there's, there's several of them now, I won't list them out, are a great way to get plugged in to the mentorship, to the um, corporate partners that we might have here in the state. Um, so, yeah, you know, take a look at those, apply for one of our accelerators. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people are always surprised by what they're able to find in Oklahoma when they get here and yeah. just take some, you know, effort to seek it out and, and get to the right place.
1: You know what's kind of funny about that? Because, I mean, Kansas City gets that a, a bit of that as well. Uh, people are surprised that we have an art scene and people are surprised that we have a thriving entrepreneurial community. And it, it, they're surprised by a lot of things that aren't barbecue, sports, and hunting, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what they yeah. think we do here. but. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting about that is, so like here in Kansas City, like we won a a FIFA World Cup bid, we're going to host the NFL draft in 2023, we just got our new airport, like we have a lot of really exciting things happening in Kansas City. And I'm actually kind of scared, because we're going to be like, over the course of the next few years, we have multiple opportunities to bring in a large global audience to our city. And I'm like, I'm very happy. I'm like, it's going to be spurring economic growth. We're going to finally, you know, get to show off a little bit. And this is all wonderful. However, I'm nervous because I'm like, once people discover the secret, once they find out like how cool we are, are we going to be able to keep, like people are going to start coming. Are we going to be able to keep our property values as low as they are? Are we going to be able to like keep the the small town vibe with big city resources thing that we got going on I'm sure you get that as well but like yeah. I'm a little nervous that this great secret is gonna ruin
0: Kansas City <laughs> I know I, are, I talk to people a lot. are you concerned about that <laughs> um I I don't know about concern I mean I think for the most part Any development is good development, but I I talk to people a lot about one of the reasons I love Oklahoma City, and I think Kansas City probably fits in this category as well, um, is that I can live, you know, a five minute drive from the urban core in a house with a yard, but (laughs) but I can go to an NBA game and be home afterwards in 15 minutes. And like yeah. I don't, there's just a very small sub sub segment of cities in the country that both have sort of that like big league entertainment factor, but also this like very livable environment. Yeah. And I hate sitting in traffic. I could never live in a place I know, where I I'm just sit so in traffic, of traffic, you know, for more than <laughs> So I get it. I definitely get where you're coming from. But there is this certain charm to places like Oklahoma City and Kansas City that um, converts a lot of people. if Like people yeah. will come here for a job and be like, "What? I had no idea. Like this is, you know, I have a great quality, a quality life all here. this was happening." And I'm like, yeah, move, move, move <laughs> yeah." Yeah, well, uh, so I, you know, there's always a little element of like, oh, what if I have to sit in traffic someday <laughs> in well, it's interesting, But you know. where
1: it's like, anytime you uh, you bring a lot of people in, like, you have the potential to change the culture. And it's like, I like the culture here in Kansas sure. City, and I'm sure you like the culture yeah. in Oklahoma City. One of the things that I love no. about so it, it, I've been to Oklahoma City, and I feel like Oklahoma City and Kansas City are pretty similar in a lot in a lot of ways. Not you know, certainly not. Both all. have really
0: amazing street art.
1: Uh, So yeah, yeah. No, seriously. You know, and I mean, like, we've got good restaurants. We've got we've got all these amazing things. Mm -hmm. But what we one of the things that I love the most is the fact that our leadership is so accessible. Like, I can call my city council person. I can call my. I can literally call my mayor and be like, "Hey, guess what? We got a thing that's happening here. How do you feel about it?" (laughs) And and oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I would miss that if that were to change.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's um. There's another thing we talk about sometimes about benefits in Oklahoma is that you're pretty much one degree of separation from anyone you want to talk to. Yep. (laughs) Um, Because like we are, you know, it's a, it's a small town feel. It can be, but that can be huge. Like if you want to talk to the CEO of, you know, XYZ company, somebody that you can meet can get you in touch with that person. Yeah. Um, And that's definitely not something that you get in, in some really big cities.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I can see a lot of amazing things happening for Oklahoma in the future. How do you how do you feel about that? Like, what is what is your dream for the entrepreneurial ecosystem of Oklahoma as a whole Oklahoma City? You know, what what do you see happening? What would you like to see happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the dream is that we can build enough of a, a tech startup hub here that those startups become crucial to the diversification of our economy as a state um, you know if you look historically at the GDP of Oklahoma like oil and gas is is the bulk of it sure. and still is
1: incidentally and thank you for I that think- as
0: well. <laughs> Yeah, well sure. My car. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Um but I think you know, I no matter how you feel on the subject, like no one believes that's gonna be around forever to the same extent that it is now. And so I really see tech entrepreneurship as a mechanism to um, diversifying our economy as a state to creating new and different kinds of jobs for Oklahomans that are, uh, you know, great high paying jobs that people can, you know, can do from anywhere with a lot of flexibility. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's part of the dream for me. Um, I, you know, in terms of, industries and sectors we have a, a lot of activity in the biotech space actually here in Oklahoma City um, in Tulsa there's a lot of activity around cyber um, around unmanned systems so I'd like to see us sort of be, become more uh, of a hub for those specific uh, industries and sectors yeah. I think that could be really and in, uh, really interesting to develop some uh, like nationally known expertise um, so yeah I think you know all of those things are possible in a 10 to 15 year time horizon for sure.
1: Well, how about, I'm going to ask the same question again. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of like dialing, I'm not really dialing it in, but I keep on asking questions around, around the ecosystem and then around Cortado Ventures. I'm just like doubling up. So, but I do yeah. want to ask you, what are your dreams for Cortado Ventures? You know, we've talked about the, the bird's eye view. Let's get specific with you and your journey.
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Oh man. So there's a lot of different ways I could see Cortado growing from here on out. Um, you know, one of the really exciting things about the last three to five years in Oklahoma is the injection of early stage capital, but as a state, I would say we're still lacking on later stage capital. And so there is an argument that, After, you know, these first five to 10 years of funding really early stage companies, like, where are they? What are they going to do next? They're going to have to go to out of state capital providers for those later rounds of funding. Um, And so thinking about Cortado having a later stage fund is really interesting to be able to continue supporting those companies through their, um, through their entrepreneurial journey. I don't know. I could see us developing some sector-specific funds around some of those industries that our state and cities have decided, like, hey, these are important to us and we have expertise here and want to, you know, be hubs for those sectors. I could see us doing like an aerospace sector-specific fund. That could be a really interesting strategy. I think there's a lot of a lot of ways we could go. I think, you know, anything that we're doing, in in line with deploying capital to early stage entrepreneurs is going to continue being uh, hugely impactful in the community. So bringing yeah. in more partners to to do more of that and potentially, you know, developing bigger, later stage funds would all be really exciting.
1: Yeah. Well, and I. I just love early stage capital investment because i i I firmly believe and i think most founders would tell you that one of the most crucial times in a startup's trajectory is is that early stage piece like you you cannot keep going if you do not have the capital injection to keep going and especially in early days you don't have much runway and you're probably bootstrapping and so so any organization that can curb the hurt and the heartache Due to that, that lack of access to capital, um, you know, that's a really phenomenal thing to do, but most especially for me, at least, uh, when we see that happening around early stage, what are some things that early stage companies who might be interested in getting involved with Cortado, what are some things that they can do to make themselves attractive to you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we always say we want to meet startups before they're actually raising so that we have a chance to build a relationship and build rapport in a, uh, I guess, I, I don't know, in a way that's not like you requiring a yes or no from us immediately. So we love that. We love to um, get in touch with early stage entrepreneurs early, track their progress, work with them. Um, so that's one thing is just come get to know us in a sort of you know low risk environment. Um, yeah. And then and then find find ways to showcase how gritty you are. So uh, we love entrepreneurs that you know teach themselves no code and are able to build mockups of whatever their product is at a super low cost. I mean we you know we really eat that eat that kind of stuff up. Um, and that's you know one thing that we love about entrepreneurs in this part of the country in general is. Um, Oh, I'm going to offend some people with this statement, but I think there's like generally less entitlement among entrepreneurs in the middle of the country than maybe on the coast. Um, and so you really get this sort of this grit and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to force this into, into working or get yeah. my way there. And so, you know, we love that. Um, I'm kind of laughing over here though. Dead, I'm like, yeah, hard-working you it, people, folks. I'm going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> it's true i mean i think i think uh i think kansas city probably follows in line with this but it's just you know good i, mean, I, don't, I don't think it can hard working people with integrity that are just yeah. trying to you know pursue really exciting things i don't
1: think it it would surprise anybody to know that midwestern entrepreneurs we've got a lot of obstacles to overcome and we have some really phenomenal founders who just keep pushing through you know yeah, uh, we're we're gonna keep doing it, right? That's, that's like the yes, cry Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Just keep <laughs> going. Yeah. Well, so, so this has been lovely, but I, I, we have come up to human question time and I'm going to give you another opportunity to piss people off. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, talk to us about, do you have like favorite startups and disclaimer folks, like just mm-hmm. if she doesn't name you. It doesn't mean she hates you. <laughs> I'm just like, do you have any portfolio companies that you particularly love that you can talk, I, that you can talk about? Uh, do you have mm-hmm. any startups that are just really catching? Your attention,
0: so uh obviously, yes, uh, we love all of our portfolio companies, and much like babies, you can't pick favorites, <laughs> but uh one of my favorites to talk about. Uh is a company in our portfolio called Pipe Dream Lab Pipe Dream Labs. So you should definitely pipe check dream them out. Labs. I already uh, like the name. Dream. I'm already in. Marketing Works. I know Margaret. it is it is a pipe dream. <laughs> uh, they are building underground hyperlogistics systems. So uh 30-second delivery of items via underground tunnels. And so I love talking about them because when I say that people's just like faces. I know my ma- my, job, are 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 my you, job you crazy? Listen, you I'm invested in that. Um, yeah, but
1: Think of my jaw just dropped. I was like, "What?" I know,
0: <laughs> I know. Um, so yes, they are kind of crazy, but they're they're awesome and they're uh having a ton of early success, which is really exciting. So they were actually founded here in Oklahoma City. They moved to Austin, which we're sad about, but I get. You know, still in the MidCon, so you know we still accept them as our own. Uh, but everyone check them yeah. out. I think you big big him. fans. Really <laughs> yeah. Cool.
1: Well, I got to tell you, Susan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I, I've i loved learning about Oklahoma. I've always been very curious about your your secret sauce. Stop stealing our people. But, but we love you.
0: <laughs> She's like, well, not- I would love to see more flow of companies and activity and shared deals between us and Kansas City.
1: Um, yeah, because we, we love
0: Kansas City, too.
1: That was so sweet. I just want to give you a big hug right now. We're we're
0: doing no, that. that <laughs> you know, kinda,
1: it, we're feeling the love here, and, and I hope that you exactly. feel the love as well, friends listening at home. Uh, I also <laughs> hope that you you think about Full Scale from time to time. They are our producers, our often our episode sponsors. We love Full Scale. If you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, Full Scale can help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. And friends, if you are looking to start a tech company, or if you are in the middle of starting a tech company, if you're in the scaling stage, if you're, you know, looking for your succession plan and your exit strategy, no matter what stage you are, I am. I want you to listen. Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson are... Our Startup Hustle founders and founders of their own startups have produced a beautiful 52-part series on how to start a tech startup. And it covers everything from ideation, R&D, scalability, go-to-market strategy, all of those things that you need to know to bring your tech company to fruition. So definitely check those out, uh, How to Start a Tech Company series on Startup Hustle. And friends, once again, we are so grateful that you keep on listening to us, that you come back week after week.
0: like we do it